Welcome to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast, presented by Zenium HR. I'm your host, Brandon Laws. Whether you're an HR professional or a small business leader, each episode of this podcast is designed to bring you the latest in technical HR and leadership at your convenience. More content is available on our website at www.zeniumhr.com. Let's dive into today's topic. Welcome to the HR for Small Business podcast. This is your host, Brandon Laws. Today I'm with Tana Thompson. She is Zenium's VP of HR, our fearless leader of all the HR professionals that we have. Tana loves development, coaching, leadership. And today's topic, what we're going to talk about is leadership coaching. She's had a lot of experience in just working one-on-one with people and trying to bring out the best leader that they can possible. Tana, I wanted to first start our conversation by mentioning something I hear quite a bit. People say leaders aren't born, they're made. What do you think about that particular quote? Some other people on the other side of it would say leaders are born. Yeah, I used to think earlier on in my career that leaders were born, but I think leaders can definitely be made. I think if they have the willingness to do the work on themselves and further develop their emotional intelligence capabilities and and do the work to hold up the mirror to themselves and, and really look to be a compassionate, inspiring leader, leaders can be made. So you think if people are wanting to put in the time and invest in, in leadership development, refining certain leadership skills, they can develop into a leader. Absolutely. Yep. If they're willing and able and really want to be effective in leadership, a lot of it starts with just being effective as a self-manager and having good good habits yourself. So if you're committed to leadership and doing the work, and it's a journey, definitely. It's not an end game. It's a continual process that anybody could become a leader. Yeah, talk about that journey. So if I'm an aspiring leader, I'm maybe newer in my career, I'm a mid-level manager, and I am like, I just want to get to that next leadership level. Are there things that you could do by yourself that would help develop those skills? Or do you really need somebody coaching you, somebody mentoring you, somebody maybe internal or external in your organization really just kind of helping you along the way? I think there's a lot higher value to individualize your leadership journey. So it's a lot of self-study, reading books, attending workshops and seminars, listening to TED Talks, whatever it may be, where you can soak up that information and knowledge, but you really need it customized to your strengths and your opportunities. And so having a leadership coach can really help you narrow in on what your gifts are and what your opportunities are, and you can develop a plan of action and move into that action plan and get feedback along the way. And that can really help spearhead your growth. How might that be different than a regular one-on-one meeting? Because I, I hear that all the time. We do them here internally at Zenium. Uh, a manager and employee relationship, there's one-on-one meetings. How are those different than what a coaching for leadership type of arrangement would be? I think it's more targeted around leadership competencies. And so you're going to look at that leader's own communication style, preferences and tendencies. We could look at a 360 review or a performance review where they've gotten feedback from their team. We could look at other assessments and we can build out what their leadership gaps and opportunities are. And then also not to, not to discount capitalizing on their strengths. We can do that with looking at some targeted leadership competencies as well and seeing how they're measuring in each of those areas. So I'd say it's similar to a one-to-one, but it's more focused on leadership development. 
and activities. You were telling me a story recently about one of our clients that approached you and said, "Hey, we have this kind of up-and-coming leader in the organization. Maybe has a couple gaps here, but set up really a coaching relationship between you and that aspiring leader." Can you kind of give some background on that and just where it started, and then sort of where you went from there? Sure. Had a situation with a senior level manager, and he had been a strong performer. Didn't have a lot of formal management training or leadership training, and really had good intentions, but just wasn't as clear on the leadership boundaries and appropriate communication and what's different once you move into that leadership role. And so the situation where he was given a last chance agreement in regards to behavior, and he needed to shift his behavior significantly as it relates to being an effective leader and demonstrating those leadership behaviors, and was willing to do the work and had been a strong performer. And so I was speaking with the president of the company and offered this service Uh, I said, I would love to help support him in his growth and development. And we put together a plan and he was certainly willing to do the work because that's a big piece of it. Are you willing to do the work? Because it's hard work to really build those leaderships and create new habits and, and look, you know, hold up the mirror and do the hard work and be vulnerable as a leader. And I had an initial call with him and he was really wide eyed and engaged and excited about it. And it just had never been exposed or received the training or development before. And we laid out a development plan and we started with a book. So some of the development plans may be some book reading outside of the meetings. And then we um, reconvene and talk about kind of the message of the book, key takeaways, what can be applied. And then we have a check-in thereafter to see really how they're implementing or applying those key concepts from the particular book or articles that they've read. And in this one, we started with the speed of trust, Stephen Covey Jr. And it really clicked. And so he was able to quickly um, hone in on the importance of that foundational trust and communication. And within a matter of months, he said that the work environment was improved, his relationships were better, he had a clear understanding of how his actions impact and set the tone for the overall workplace. So because he was open and willing to do the work, so the timing has to be there as well, uh, it really opened up his eyes to what it meant to be an effective leader and he was willing to continue along that journey. And so I'd given him some other books to read after that, and we continued to meet and discuss key takeaways from those books. So he, he really got on board rather quickly, and so we stopped meeting after a few months. So it may just be a point in time for a particular goal we're trying to work on or some particular development area, or it may be something that's just ongoing for a period of time. Yeah. But it's really important for leaders to continue to do the work and to really hone in on what their gifts are and what their shortcomings are. And it's not always easy for leaders to see what their blind spots are. And so through the work of an executive coach or 360 reviews or being really self-aware, they can start to do the work and being open to the feedback. And that's interesting because your point that this person was totally open and became self-aware through some sort of feedback. Right. Some people would take it two different ways. They, They would take feedback critically and they wouldn't want to take that and, and actually develop it. This person was open and wanted yeah. To, to listen to what you're having to you say. You need to be accountable. Yeah. You need to take ownership. And that's another foundational quality in, in leaders is that you take ownership for your actions. And so he was willing to do that and really do the work to get to where he wanted to be. So he owned the situation and really dove in and, and did the work on himself Talk. and has, take on, has taken on increased responsibility and is, is viewed as a really effective senior leader. 
as a key contributor in the organization. Do you think it mattered that it was you being an external person versus somebody internally within the company trying to coach? Do you think it would have made a difference? I think there's a nice value add with it being a third party. There's a little more objectivity and a distance from it. And there certainly can be a check-in and an update with the manager's manager on progress and the employee's involvement and willingness to do the work there and be accountable for the work. But I definitely think there is a really nice perspective through utilizing a third-party HR professional or coach in these types of situations. What do you think is one thing that needed to happen in that particular relationship that you would have been like, this has been a success, I'm glad we did this, and then that person's also glad. What was that maybe one thing that... Yeah, I think what's really exciting in serving in this role for managers is when the it's a light bulb moment. So when it starts clicking and they say, oh, it makes total sense. I wish I would have had this you know, five, seven years ago in leadership. Like I never looked at it this way. When the aha moment comes, it's really rewarding. Then it's just, okay, I'm just give me this information. I want more. I want more kind of thing. And so then they're just thirsting for additional knowledge and resources. And so then you really can see the growth at that point when they have that light bulb moment because they have to do the work and they have to buy into it. As employers that are maybe small, lack of resources, but they want to develop this next level of leaders. How do they get to that? And how do they develop some of these relationships? I mean, if they have, they don't even know where to start. Yeah, I think they need to look for outside resources. If they don't have a training and development professional in their organization or a partnership with another coaching organization, they need to look for that and look to see who those high potentials are. It's not just those that, that have leadership gaps. We all have leadership gaps. We all have things that we excel at and things that we need to work on. The goal is to continually get better. And I think when you're a high performer, you can get better. You can't just settle and say, oh, that's just them. We should just focus on their strengths, right? We've got to leverage those strengths, but we also have to look at what the derailers are. And the derailers are those things that can really get in the way of them being effective as a leader. So I think it's important for organizations to be forward-thinking about developing future talent. And that's a key differentiator now. We talk about you know employees and prospective candidates are looking for more than just paying benefits. They're looking for development opportunities. Millennials want development opportunities. Even the Gen Zers or the generation that following the Gen Ys or Millennials, they want to be developed. They want the career path. And so if you're a small organization, in order to compete, you need to look for ways to continue to develop and build the talent that you have. I noticed that just in the years of talking with people, not everybody has the same level of like needs and wants, aspirations right. when not it comes to leadership. Right, not everybody wants to move up the ladder. So how do you, as a, you know, a leader in your position as a VP of HR, how do you figure out which people really really want and need those coaching relationship pieces, whereas some people, they just need a different set of uh, development. You know, we're constantly looking at our talent, doing a talent review for our teams, or having HR help you do talent reviews for your team, and look at the willing and able category. And your high performers, typically 10 to 15% of your organization, engage them in a development plan and see what that looks like for this year, maybe five years and offer this service to those employees and say, you know, if you follow this track and that we have an opening, you should be ready for this next step at X point. So it's more like a leadership development or leadership and training program. I think we need to look for opportunities around that. We started the conversation by talking about like a lot of times people are just really good at what they do. They're high performers right. and then they sort of get shoved in this leadership position. And we're, we're reading this book for our leadership team called The Leadership Contract. And the theme that I'm sort of pulling out from that book is leadership is hard and you really have to want to do it and you have it's to not be, for everybody. you have to commit to it. So how sort of like when you're developing future leaders, how do you sort of hone that in? Like, Hey, 
This is going to be a tough road. You got to be committed to it. Otherwise, maybe it's not for you. How do you? Well, I think you, you know, start them out with mentoring others, giving them small leadership responsibilities, giving them one to two direct reports to start or leading a project and then see how they do and see how they're open to feedback and if they're willing to do the tough work. Because it can be at times thankless, can be unpopular and it's doing it because you're committed to the organization, you're committed to leading and, and doing the right thing, even when it's tough. Going back to the relationship you had uh, in, in your coaching relationship and, and just what you see generally, what are a lot of the gaps that you see? If you're going to be a great leader and an aspiring leader may be lacking in these areas before they could sort of become great. Yeah, I think visibility is key, being present, staying engaged, being able to motivate and inspire are really important. I think emotional intelligence comes up, but the Best leaders know how to establish trust and are really effective communicators and are able to get the best out of everybody, right? And so I think EIQ is really important. The self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship management are critical because if you don't know how to build trust or if you frequently take trust withdrawals, you're not going to get an engaged workforce and you're not going to get people giving maximum output or performing at their maximum capacity. When you talk about EQ, emotional intelligence, how do you, because it seems like that would be a common gap that you, that you see, how do you develop that? Some people are better at than others or have more natural instincts around emotional intelligence, but I think it's doing the hard work. So it's learning how if you're somebody that that doesn't come easy to you uh, and you're more task-focused, identifying your blind spots and being able to flex your style and being able to meet people where they're at and just doing the work. There's lots of tools, assessments, books, and resources out there, and it's creating new habits and learning how to, to flex those styles and then also leverage others on your team who do maybe have a higher EIQ. And it seems to me like you just need to be out talking with people a lot more so you could be empathetic to their positions and just getting to right. know people. Right, listening, listening, yeah. validating uh, not having the answers all the time, having the team give input, collaborating. And that's the one unique thing about like when you have a high performer who's really technical, that they have the technical knowledge, they're, they're great, but now they're in this leadership position, they've sort of had all the answers because they're good at this area, but now they're in, they're thrust into this different area, which is leadership, and you don't know all the answers, and, you, and you're trying to motivate and inspire others. So I think the EQ thing makes a lot of sense to me. It's like you just... Yeah, and it's, it's hard to make the initial shift from getting the work done yourself and being able to control the outcome versus having to develop and get the work done through others and delegate, but that's a sign of a true mid-level senior leader. It's getting the work done through others and motivating others and developing others and ensuring others are in the right positions and they're set up for success and you're removing obstacles for them and making sure they have the right support structure to succeed. So I think that's the hard part is making that shift to getting the work done through others. Particularly when you get to a senior level, you've got to work on the business, not be in the business as much. And so that's why it's even more important to be able to train and develop your mid-level first-line managers so they can work pretty independently and, and make decisions on behalf of the organization. That's why that trust and communication are, are really vital. Going back to the, the coaching relationship and just the, the technical aspects of a relationship like that, what, what do you feel like works best, especially when you're starting out? Like, How do you get somebody fired up about learning about leadership? 
I don't know if you can get them fired up. They have to be inspired. They, they have to want to sign up for leadership. You can tell them that when somebody's passionate about what they're doing and passionate about doing it through people, I think that's, that's a good starting point. And so it starts with that passion for people and the passion for excellence and being committed to do the work for leadership. I think development is very individual focused. I think we cannot motivate others to want to be leaders. They have to be self-motivated. That's that willing piece. So I think if they're showing that willing piece or the openness to do the work, that's kind of that first line there. And then just that seeing that continual growth themselves is really key. Do you find that in those meetings, are you doing a lot of the talking? Are you asking a lot of questions? Are you letting them talk? Questions, some guiding, some facilitation, but they mostly have to do the work. It's the leader doing the work. Nobody else can do it. And that's what I think with development in general. If, if somebody wants to develop, it's on them. It's not on leadership to do it. So leadership can develop the resources and the tools and the opportunities, but it's up to each individual if they want to move into leadership. And what, you know, some of those things are initiative and drive and seeing opportunity and digging in when things need to get done and just that initiative. When you talk about like setting up the, from the very first moment, how do you set up a relationship like this? Is Should it be on the employer? Should it be, hey, I'm an aspiring leader and I, I want this, I need this, and, and then... An employee really takes control of their own development and they go to their employer and say, I, I really need this. Or is it just you look at your hypos as an employer and you say, hey, we need to get these people coaching. They're, they're lacking in these areas. They need to get to that next level. So how does, how does it I think, start? Yeah, I can think it can be a variety of ways that somebody could engage in a leadership coaching one-to-one relationship. I think it could be letting HR and executive leadership know that this resource is available to them and the benefits and what it looks like. It can be as part of a career development program in an existing company that's building out career pathing and, and developing their future leaders. Um, so it can be proactive that way. It can be you know more reactive when there's a situation where somebody does want to take to the next level as a leader and there's a derailer. Uh, maybe they don't have the respect of others in the organization or another department and they have goals or aspirations of moving into a higher role. So maybe it could be something along those lines. So I think it really depends, and then the company really needs to invest in their potential leader or their future leader or their existing leader that wants to take it to the next level. How much time is involved in something like this? The one-to-ones, there's going to be some homework or some some reflection and some book reading, so I think that would be on their own, a self-study, but I think the ones-to-ones you would meet once a month, once every other one other month for an hour, hour and a half. Typically, it could be a three- to six-month engagement, and it could be ongoing as well till when we've hit or accomplished their goals. Yeah, and so you talked about the relationship that you had. It was done after a couple months. So there obviously must have been a really great impact. What does done look like? Done looks like the employee has created a work environment that employees are engaged and, and thriving, getting positive feedback from the employees. We're looking at turnover. We did surveys as well for this particular location. It's also getting a sign-off from their manager and the employee to say, I think, you know, we've accomplished what we've set out to accomplish at this point. So there's no need to carry on further. But some could continue on those one-to-ones depending on what their development path or their their end game is. What sort of books or assessments are you giving them uh, as take-home work in this sort of relationship? Mm-hmm. It probably so depends on it what It depends. There's a lot of tools out there. Um, we've utilized DISC. There's Myers-Briggs, Personalysis, there's other similar assessments. So it would be a good starting point to see what the employee's natural style is and maybe where their blind spots are. There's emotional intelligence assessments that can be really helpful. 
particularly looking at their past performance reviews, 360 reviews, and then we can benchmark it again at the end of the coaching and have them do another review and see how it measures up to the past review to see if we've had some improvement in those particular competencies. So there's lots of ways to look to measure and really send a benchmark for where we want to grow and develop and then measure that against that benchmark. Well, it's been really interesting. Anything else regarding just the leadership coaching that any, the listeners should, should know about? I think it's just really important for forward-thinking employers to invest in leadership. I mean, looking at the talent shortage, we do have a lack of leadership out there. It's, it's easy to manage because you can get the work done and it's tangible. It's less easy to develop leaders, and, so it, and it's an ongoing process and journey. And so we've really got to put that investment in our people early on. And, and kind of make it an ongoing process and have ways that we can feed knowledge and information, allow them to get real feedback to ensure that they're as effective as they can be for the organization. Awesome. Tana Thompson, thanks for joining the podcast. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our blog at www.zeniumhr.com forward slash blog and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to hear about the latest in HR and leadership. The information on today's episode is for educational purposes only. It should not be taken as legal or customized advice for you or your organization. This podcast is hosted and fully produced by Brandon Laws, that's me, and created and owned by Zenium Resources, Inc. For more information or to contact us, visit www.zeniumhr.com.